Good afternoon, this is Charles Kelly, Money Tips. I want to talk to you today about property and the, the, the news that's come out that rents in London, uh, the capital, have soared by almost 20%. And this is coinciding with obviously workers coming back to work in the city and in the offices. Uh, so, it, you know, they had fallen in, in, in the last couple of years, but now we're seeing, we're seeing the offices busier now. Uh, companies want people back at work and, and I, I've noticed that the trains are much busier now with people coming and going. Um, now, the London mayor, of course, uh, wants rent controls. He wants he wants the government to give him powers to cap rents and impose more controls on, on landlords in London. He doesn't seem to be building that many properties, but he wants to hit landlords with a rent cap. But is that the answer or will more regulations more red tape just exacerbate the shortages that already exist of rental properties. It's not just in London, it seems to be everywhere. There is a massive shortage of rental properties. And of course, that inevitably pushes up rents a little bit. But I, I don't know, not by huge amounts. I mean, you don't say, well, I've got loads of tenants, I'm going to jack up the rents by 10 or 20%. There still has to be a market uh, rental there. But I think landlords after having to cut back on rents in, in previous years, have just maybe pushed them up a little bit. But also a lot of landlords have got more costs, of course. They're paying more tax. They're paying more for regulations, more for repairs. Um, materials and building work costs a lot more now than it, than it did uh, in, in, you know, before the, the 2020 situation. Now, we know also that tens of thousands of landlords have quit the market. I, I wrote an article recently that in the last five years, 85,000 landlords had pulled out of buy-to-let property. And a recent report by Knight, Frank and Rutley estimated that 144 landlords, 144,000 landlords had retired in the last year. So that's quite a big figure. And obviously, you know, a lot of landlords may be coming up to retirement. They may be, you know, in their 50s, 60s, maybe a bit older and thinking, well, I've just had enough of this now. Um, you know, higher interest rates we've got mortgage restrictions, that's stopping landlords expanding their portfolios and buying more buy-to-let properties because they simply don't stack up. With the higher interest rates and the fact that rents haven't gone up as much, uh, a lot of deals don't stack up on a 75-80% loan-to-value mortgage, as I, as I was saying in previous episodes. Uh, so, you know, we, we've, we've seen a lot of problems in this market and I, I don't think capping rents is, is going to be the, the answer. We know that whenever government have interfered with markets, it's, it seems to go wrong. It seems to put a spanner in the works. And, and the, the, as I was saying uh, last week, the, the latest one they're going for is the holiday let market, the Airbnb, as the Minister Michael Gove said, he wants to uh, give local councils powers to restrict the number of Airbnbs. And that means... Uh, more licensing, more regulation, more people pulling out of the market. I understand if you live in a nice fishing village in Cornwall that you probably don't want to see buyers from outside of the area buying up everything and then leaving the properties empty for most of the year. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. But this, I'm telling you what the government are, are doing. Um, and then we've seen uh, buy-to-let landlords having to contend with you know higher taxes due to George Osborne, the famous minister, uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer uh, and more red tape in the last few years. You know, we've seen introductions of new uh, regulations coming in and, and, and we're, we're also facing the possibility of, uh, you know, the, the abolition of 
Section 21, no fault evictions. Now this gives landlords the opportunity to just issue an eviction notice, you know, at the end of a tenancy within the rules. You know, it's not just saying, well, I don't like you anymore. And landlords don't want to get rid of tenants. They want tenants to stay. But there comes a time when you get to the end of a tenancy and some land uh, tenants just say, well, I'm not moving. I, I, want, I want you to evict me. This happens. And councils advise them not to move until they're evicted. Because if they say, if you move out voluntarily, voluntarily, we're not going to house you. So you get a situation where a tenant's been in the property maybe five, ten years and the landlord wants it back. They want to sell it or do something with it or just upgrade it, um, turn it into, I don't know. But it's, it's natural that the landlord will say, well, look, at the end of this tenancy, I'm, I'm giving you notice uh, to go. And they say, well, no, I, I can't go because I, I can't find anything for this price that you're charging me. And that's because the landlord hasn't been increasing the rents as much. And the, the, land, the rent they're paying is way behind the market rent. So they don't want to move. Naturally, I guess, you know, they, they can't find a three bedroom house for, I don't know, 1500 a month in the area. Now the three bedroom houses are 2000 a month or whatever. You, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've got a colleague who's going through this exact situation at the moment. And the guy's digging his heels in and saying, I'm not moving. And he, he wants the council uh, to, to rehouse him if he, as long as he's evicted. So that means going through a longer process, perhaps going to court and all this sort of thing. But the Section 21 has been... A useful tool for landlords to just take back control of their property there is a section 8 uh, notice for tenants who are not paying and that sort of thing but normally it's just easier to issue a section 21 notice and people normally go normal people would just obey that but there are tenants who cause a lot more problems now i get a lot of flack from tenants on on the comments saying that you know property should not be in the hands of uh, the capitalists it should be only for the people but look, let, let's face it this way the government are not building enough houses they haven't built enough social, social houses in the last 40 or 50 years uh, the last big social housing building program i remember was in the 70s yes i go back that far but since then there's been no i can't see many estates around london being built purely by councils to rent out but and 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 you know this is causing a lot of problems in the capital um people are just moving out uh, you know, I've got family in the capital. They can't get tradesmen. They can't get people to do work. And, and they've all moved out to Essex and, you know, South London, East London, Kent, whatever. And, and they don't want to drive into town, have parking restrictions, which is an, another problem with London. You know, now we've got ULEZ coming in. We've got congestion charges. We've got aggressive uh, traffic wardens just taking money off uh, motorists and giving them a ticket as soon as they're two or three minutes over the, the limit. You know, so a lot of them don't want that that kind of hassle going in to do jobs. Now we're seeing schools closing down in areas like Hackney and Camden, where, where I grew up in Camden. It was it was a booming area for families. Now we're seeing schools having to close down because people are moving out. And that's because the government have either not built, apart from the fact they haven't built enough council houses, they're actually selling them off in the capital to, to private developers. So that doesn't help at all. But you can't take it out on landlords. Landlords are still there providing housing. Uh, so, so why bash the landlords? Now, um, there is a sign that the government are, might be getting the message in one respect, and that, that is they're pushing back some of the, they were bringing in Make and Tax Digital, that's been pushed back. Now they might be pushing back the EPC, Energy Performance Certificate, uh, for another a couple of years, but we shall see. But the no-fault eviction appears to be going through, despite the fact there's no viable alternative to replace it. And they don't seem to have a clue as to, to what they're doing or what will happen once this is introduced. Because I, I predict that more landlords will just 
pull out of the market, they'll get scared um, or, or whatever. However, that, that still leaves um, some people who will stick with it. And I think there is still, uh, property is still a good investment long term. Uh, things change, things come and go. But you know, the more landlords, I, th I suppose, leave the market, the more uh, clients there are for, tenant, for, for landlords who stay in the market. Of course, we could have a Labour government after the next election, general election, and I'm sure they will be quite happy to bring in further landlord bashing legislation and, and even possible wealth taxes. But we will have to see what happens there. Um, I mean, older property people have been through this before. They've lived through the 60s and 70s and still hung on to their properties because at the end of the day, people will still need somewhere to live, right? Now, there's another report out saying that we're going to avoid recession, that the, prop, the, the economy will flatline, but we're not going to recession. Now, that's the official figures and the official meaning of recession, but a lot of people are already feeling that there is a recession. And it's interesting to note that the Bank of England are looking at ways to increase the amount that the, the, the bank guarantees that they give if the bank should fail. At, currently, it's £85,000 per account or per person in that bank. And the, the, the Bank of England feel that's not enough for, for certain savers and businesses. So they're looking to get the banks to fund an increase of this uh, deposit protection uh, and, and the banks would have to pay for that. In, in the US, uh, it's $250,000. Of course, this came to, to, to light when two or three banks got into trouble, including the Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, so, you know, the government, they're already obviously looking ahead and saying, well, this could happen in, in the UK. So they're now, they're planning perhaps to increase the deposit protection scheme uh, to, to a higher level, to a more reasonable. I think 85,000 is a bit low. But look, if you want to know more about um, property, money, wealth building, savings, then I'm running a free webinar uh, this week, Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Now, if you, if you miss this, this broadcast, and it might be a following week, I tend to run them roughly every two weeks at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday, but you can still register and I'll, and I'll send you the details. And I'll be going through my three steps to money management and wealth building. That's getting control of your finances and money, uh, start to, to build wealth, and, and learn how to do that properly so that you build wealth and, and become financially free. And thirdly, how to maintain that so that you don't falter along the way. So check it out. That's uh, Three Steps to Money Management, a free webinar. I'll give you lots of great content and I hope hopefully we'll see you there. Click on the link in the description and I will see you there. This is Charles Kelly, Money Tips. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.